Hey, it's Greg Stanley. Do you know you can now win prizes such as a Starbucks gift card, Concord tickets, or car swag for being the first to answer an entertaining trivia question? Get the weekly trivia question by following me on Instagram or Facebook at The Collector Car Podcast and just DM me your answer. The first person with the correct answer wins. Also, as a new aspect of my automotive passion and hobby, I am a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. If you need assistance consigning a collector car at Amelia Island, Pebble Beach, Auburn, West Palm, or Hershey, email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley with the Collector Car Podcast. Got a great guest today, Dan Davis with the Brumos Collection out of Jacksonville, Florida. Dan, how are you doing today? Doing well, thank you, Greg. If you would, could you give me an overview of your collection down there and kind of how it started? The Brumos Collection is what I like to call it. I don't like to refer to it as a museum. I think of museums as old dead stuff, and I kind of like these because they're alive. <laughs> right. I started collecting cars. Well, I, my interest really was when I was a, a kid, and... I had every car magazine and so forth. And then when I bought the uh, uh, Brumos dealership in 1990, uh, Bob Snodgrass, who was my partner, he and I started a small collection with uh, Peter Gregg's 935 being the first car in the collection. And then we've added cars over the years. I, I got interested in early Indy cars. Uh, I've always been intrigued with the people and so forth and so my the collection basically spans from 1894 which is my oldest car it's a peugeot that ran the first sanctioned race from paris to rouen in 1894 and uh, my newest car is a a Porsche 918 spider probably got one of the larger collections of millers which are early indy cars and uh, it, it goes into the 30s and 40s of Indy cars and dirt cars, and then we get into the Porsches. The oldest there is a 1953 Porsche 356 coupe, a Bentlander coupe, and we transition through about a, almost anything you can think of, especially if uh, Brumos raced it. And we have uh, we have a 908 that uh, Joe Sifford and Vic Elford raced and won with at Nurburgring. We have Joe Sifford's personal 917 that was used in the movie uh, Le Mans that Steve McQueen did. Now, is that the uh, number 20 golf car? No, it's actually, <laughs> you'll love this, it's actually number 70. Oh. The reason it's number 70, this was his personal car. It actually is a very famous car because it never raced. It was wow. the test car for the uh, 917s at Le Mans. You know, it was used as a backup car and so forth but it actually never competed and he liked the 917 so well he bought this car from Porsche he actually drove it to his birthday party the year he bought it sadly when he was killed in the uh, Grand Prix racing his wife had this car leave the funeral procession in the small town of Freiburg where he was from which by the way 50,000 people turned out for wow that's amazing he was a Swiss country hero but anyway, it's it's a kind of a neat car, and it's been completely restored, probably over-restored, not by me, but uh, the, the people that restored it. And then we've got, uh, you know, 962 that uh, was A.J. Foyt's car in the Copenhagen livery, and uh, we used to crew that car in Florida for the Florida races. Then we 
we end up with our last competition car, which was uh, the Porsche GT that Lee Keen and Andrew Davis won our championship with in 2011. Right. And we've got uh, 959. That was Dr. Bott's personal car that Dr. Porsche gave him when he retired from Porsche. To me, one of the most, if not the most significant car in the collection is a 1914 Peugeot Grand Prix car in 1915 came to the U.S. and ran at Indy and ran here in the U.S. the rest of its life at a lot of different places. One, Sheepshead Bay, uh, it didn't win very many races, uh, but it's it's significant because it's the first time that double overhead cam engine, dry sump, all-wheel brakes, and what's uh, there's one more thing I can't think of what it was, but it had come together in one package. So it sounds like your collection's really driven by is it something unique from a mechanical, you know, innovative standpoint? Is it racing history? Is it Brumos related? Is that correct? Yeah, it's kind of all those things. I guess I'm an old soul <laughs> at heart and I love the older early cars because that was in the days when they were inventing these things we now call automobiles and cars and they were inventing the the various things like the Peugeot. It wasn't improving on something. It was making them for the first time. Right. And then the Millers, I, I appreciate them because of the, the craftsmanship and he wanted to he wanted his cars to look good as well as race well, and uh, they're attractive, uh, you know, early open-wheel racers. And then the, kind of the different generations of Indy cars, one of the most unique is the 1946 Novi. That anybody that's an Indy fan, especially in the old days, appreciated the Novi's. They were the fastest car never to win and mostly not finish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had a... They had a uh, basically, a 188 cubic inch engine that put out about 750 horsepower, front drive, and didn't like to turn left. And actually, this car killed uh, two of its drivers in 1948, and then again in 1953. Wow! It's a unique piece of engineering, and it was so far ahead of its day when it was built and raced. It's just kind of one of those pieces that's really tied to Indy. That's the only place it raced. Which car in your collection was the first one that you still have? Like, which one's been in the collection the longest? The 935 would be the oldest. Okay. I have other cars that were of that area, but I hate to say I sold them, <laughs> which I, <laughs> I wish I had it now. <laughs> now, isn't that 935 the least modified 935 out there? Yeah, it's not modified. It has been gone through very thoroughly, but in in all essence, it's it's original. Wow! Wow! Okay. And it was Peter. It was Peter's last 935. Right. Right. Now, what can you tell me about your building? From what I was reading, it sounds like you designed your building for your collection with a very specific goal in mind, or multiple goals, I guess. Is it based on an old factory? Yeah, I'm. As I said, I'm an old soul. And I always loved the old Ford assembly plants that were the brick and stone and a lot of glass and skylights and so forth. And we have one in downtown Jacksonville that's just off to the side of the Matthews Bridge on the city side. And uh, that's kind of what I used as my architect's uh, example of what I wanted this to look like. And it turned out very well. You know, there are different approaches to collections and uh, uh, buildings and so forth, but I wanted the building to be attractive and kind of set an era, and I wanted the, the uh, you know, inside to look old and have that feel, and uh, I think we did pretty well with it. Uh, it's bigger than I wanted it to be, but it's not big enough, as you might imagine. 
Right. You outgrow that space quickly, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what was the last car in your collection that you drove? Boy, I mean, I drive drive different ones for uh, different things. I drove four cars today. Did you really? (laughs) They're newer cars. Yeah. Okay. How about older? You didn't take a 917 to Taco Bell recently, did you? No, 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 no. And I, that's probably the, one of the few in the collection I've not driven. When I got that car, it was a top secret, and my guys didn't even know about it until I took them out to my garage at my house and opened the door. And so I, I didn't, I didn't drive it, but and I'm not too sure I, I can fit in it to tell you the truth. But it's a great car to have. Other than that, I mean, I, you know, we take, uh, we take cars to Indy every year for the uh, old car stuff that takes place prior to the uh, race on Sunday. We get in there on Tuesdays and then we get to run Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I take a lot of the Millers and the Watsons and so forth up for that and the Peugeot will go probably this next time. All the cars run. They're all operable and so forth. I actually put a, a four-wheel chassis dyno in the shop so that we can exercise every car on it at least once a year, which will require us doing about two cars a week on it. Right. So the cars will run, and you will see that if you visit the collection because you'll see an occasional drip of oil under the car and so forth. That means they're real. <laughs> yes, and I was down there for Amelia Island, and I had a ticket to go to 10 o'clock Monday morning to see your collection, and then I had a conflict, and I couldn't make it. So it totally killed me, but I'll be down there to check it out for sure. Well, you're welcome. Welcome to come back. The other thing we did is we tried to create a building that we could have events, not that we want to do weddings and so forth, but we're open to develop a corporate package and, and that kind of thing, as well as have tech talks and you know things of that nature. We have a mezzanine that overlooks the whole collection, which is kind of a, an interesting view over the whole thing. And then, of course, we have the shop side, which uh, that'll probably eventually be part of a tour package as well. Now, how often do you rotate the cars out? Uh, we'll have a few cars that will rotate more than that because, well, like right now, we have one of the Porsches up at, at uh, Porsche at Atlanta, uh, you know, in, in different shows want a car or what have you so i would say at least initially until we get experience you have to remember this is new for us right <laughs> we right. had a collection we had a collection but it was pretty private as you know we're open and hope that a lot of folks will come and enjoy it right and i know this whole covid19 really put a damper on everything it really did. yeah i just got your email this morning saying you guys were playing may by ear kind of see how the the national trends go correct before you open back up yeah, I don't think we're going to rush it. More than likely, it's going to be later than that. We don't want to miss an opportunity if if we can open sooner. You know, one thing one thing I did leave off too, uh, Greg, is uh, we have a, an electronic identifier. We call it at each car. It's actually a 22 inch tablet uh, on a pedestal, so you can review it page by page with. Uh, you know the the story of the car about the type of car and then individual stories about that particular this particular car as well as specs and photos and that kind of thing. It's been interesting to me to see how many ladies like that. Most of right. those guys, I think, we think we know it all, so we don't do much of that. But a lot of the <laughs> ladies that come through really seem to enjoy that. I bet the kids love it too. They're very used to having that type of technology in their hands, right? Yeah, they they know better about how to operate it than I do. 
<laughs> right, right. Now, I'm just curious because as we talked before the call, I actually grew up in Jacksonville. I, I grew up with not only the Davis family, quote unquote, because of Winn-Dixie, but also, you know, Brumos as well. One of my first diecast toys was a 917. I have it on my shelf here in my office. I'm sad to say it wasn't Brumos. It was actually the uh, Penske L&M car. So yeah. I'm sure I had one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I had one. So really cool, and I have a, a connection with the 917s as well. That's actually my logo, number 21, the Gulf Oil car that will match yours. That's the logo for my podcast. So a lot of cool stuff having you on the show today, for sure. Well, the ours, ours is uh, livery number 70, and that's because when uh, Joe passed away, his son thought he wanted to race, and his wife said, well, if you race, I want you to race it as number 70 because that's the year your dad and I got married. So that's what number is on the car. So it's never never will be confused with any other of the 200 917s that have been built. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, what was your, like, what would you call your very first cool car, collectible car, performance car when you were younger? Well, I can tell you what my first car was. It was a 1930 Model A Ford that I worked all summer, one summer, to make $150 to go buy that out of this guy's front yard, which I did. After that, was a 57 Ford wagon that was used. I hadn't had anything new until probably I, I got married, I guess. My first Porsche was 1967. It was a, uh, actually late 66, it was a 911S, one of the first ones in the country. And of course, I'm sorry I ever sold that car. Right. I had a Pontiac GTO in 65. Somehow I survived it. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, my first, what I would call collector car, was uh, probably a Ferrari 250 GT that I bought in, what, 1984, I think? Okay. 84, 85. And then I, I kind of got the Ferrari Bug, and I got a Ferrari Boxer, and then I bought the uh, the prototype 275 Spider that Pinky Rollo and... Denise McCluggage raced at Sebring in 67. But I've, I've had some fairly interesting cars. Then when Bob Snodgrass and I got together, he got me in all kinds of trouble constantly. <laughs> primarily, it was cars for our collection. That got to the point where we had uh, too many cars, and I finally had to tell him if we we're going to get something else, we're going to have to sell something. And that slowed it down a little bit. Yeah, so looking back at all the cars you've bought and sold over the years, is there one you wish you had back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I probably have two for sure. Uh, one was my uh, Maserati Birdcage Type 61. Oh. Yep. And I should have never sold that car, and it's in Germany. I had more fun racing that car. It was just, it was a terrific car to race. The other one was another Maserati, but, uh, and it's one I thought I would never sell. It actually was originally owned by a guy from the Netherlands, and his nephew called me and wanted to buy the car, and I said, well, I don't really want to sell it, and he started telling me stories about when he was a kid, and his uncle had let him sit in the car in 1953, and all this, and I said, oh, shucks, <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up, ended up selling that to him, and uh, that's, that's probably it, I'm, I'm, kind of guilty of not selling very many cars and I, I normally regret when I do. Right. Now, is there a car on your list? Is there one you're, you want to fill out the collection with? There probably is. I really can't think of what it would be right now. I've missed some cars I would like to gotten but right now i'm pretty satisfied with what we have i think it tells the story we want to tell and represent car and rumors well 
we will be, you know, doing events in the future. Of course, everything's pretty much on hold right now, and that'll be available on our website through posts and so forth. As we can get back open again, we will we'll be doing some different events, and we want to try to do programs with kids and uh, maybe some in the school system, and then, you know, have the different car clubs do cars and coffee kinds of thing, which we're probably going to call cars and kids, and dad drives the car and brings a son or daughter with him, and then he you know, that's his entry. Right, right. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's important to engage the next generation for sure with the hobby, you know? Well, we want to do that. And, and we, you know, it's been very interesting to see the people that come through. We get young people, we get older people. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story about one of the, uh, this man was in on, I think it was Friday before Amelia. And of course, we had a lot of people in, and I noticed him. He was in his motorcycle leathers and bandana and beard and long <laughs> hair, and pretty scruffy looking. And he was—he spent a lot of time in. I finally went over and just introduced myself and thanked him for coming, and and uh, you know, asked him where he was from and so forth. And he had ridden—he he had seen a, a little squib in Hemings about. The collection, if you're coming to Florida, you need to stop at the Brumos collection in, in uh, North Florida. And he was coming for Amelia, so he, he rode his motorcycle from Massachusetts down here. I, I asked him, I said, you know, we appreciate you being here. I, I, you know, I'd love to know if you've got suggestions or ideas or things you like or don't like. And he started crying. Whoa. It was just, I could not get over. He said, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever seen. And I almost started crying. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But it's, uh, you know, it's really heartwarming when something like that happens. You feel like you've accomplished something. And uh, that's what we want. We want people to enjoy it. We want them to have fun. Hopefully they learn some things and have an appreciation for what these men and in some cases ladies did in the early days to create what we take for granted today. Yeah, and from what I've seen online, it is a gorgeous facility. Everything's set up a way that has a lot of space for a lot of folks to get in there and enjoy the cars in a in a fun, enjoyable way. So that's that's really cool. Well, one thing I like to do at the end of these podcast episodes is to play a little game I call Keep Cash and Crush. And the game is basically I give you three cars, and you have to tell me which one you want to keep forever which one you want to cash in and which one you don't mind crushing. And to be kind, I didn't include any of your own cars. So (laughs) 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 I'm trying to be kind, but it's not going to be that easy. I'm being from Jacksonville. You're down in Jacksonville. I tried to pick out cars that has some type of Jacksonville connection, which was actually kind of hard. So one of them you referenced it earlier came out of the model T plant. I didn't realize that was even there growing up the satellite plant that was in production from 1924 to 1968, apparently as a distribution center, but it's not just any Ford. So the one I picked for you is Etzel Ford's, 1932 Model 40 Special Roadster. So that's one of the cars. That used to be here. Did it really? I did not know that. Yeah, Bill Warner had that car. Oh, okay. So you're familiar with this one. All right. The next one, I actually went to junior high at DuPont Junior High School at the time. If I picked the 1930 DuPont Le Mans Speedster. Not a lot of folks aren't aware of the DuPont car. And then the third one is a 1991 Porsche Turbo. I picked that because that was your first year with Brumos. It was released in March of 1990. But a 1991 Porsche Turbo, consider it in the wrapper brand new. So those are your three cars. The uh, Etzel Ford Special Roadster, the Porsche Turbo, and the DuPont 
Lamar Speedster. I'm sorry, I can't play this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be difficult. Oh, boy. That's awful. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, Keep, I might do the, the, the DuPont. Really? Okay. The DuPont Speedster. Yeah. Okay. Why is that? Uh, it's kind of the era I like, and it's a pretty interesting car. Okay. Uh, I guess the Porsche I would crush because you can get others. Right. And, okay. And uh, I guess the the Edsel would be <laughs> available <laughs> for sale. <laughs> that, okay. All right. I like it. So you would keep the DuPont... Sell the Edsel and crush the Porsche. Okay, that's respectable. All right, cool. <laughs> well, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about the collection? Probably to go to our website, which is thebrumoscollection.com, and social media, Instagram, and so forth. Okay, yeah, and I'll have all that information in my show notes. So thank you so much for your time today, Dan. All right, well, thanks. Good to talk with you, Greg. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.